0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. You know, last Wednesday night we began our new series, "Our God of Abundance," and I am I am so excited about this. Um, what God has been showing me in the scriptures, some 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 just some new and fresh things, and I'm excited to share them with you tonight. How many of you believe that it is God's will that you prosper, yeah. and that you prosper abundantly, that you have abundance in your life? We, we, have, uh, we began um, last week in the scriptures, and, and, and we're going to walk through some more scriptures tonight, but we're going to see through l- several scriptures over this time, and uh, I don't know what, what the timeline is on this. We're just going to walk through it and enjoy this journey together, but I'm wanting to unlock some things. I believe the Lord wants to unlock some things to you about himself that maybe we've shied away from or maybe haven't pursued enough in our lives. Um, and to experience or maybe given up a little too soon, you know? We've grown weary well-doing and well-doing and, and, and didn't receive the fullness of His abundance in our lives. Yeah. Now, fortunately, I mean, I'm talking to Americans, right? I mean, this is the land of abundance. Aren't we fortunate to live in this great nation? Yeah. Huh? I mean, think of all the places you could have been born or, or, or could be right now, you're in the United States of America, and I just have to, can we just take a moment to thank God for that? Huh? Let's just thank Him. Lord, thank You. Thank You that we're here in this land of opportunity, Lord, in this, the, the the land of the free and the home of the brave, God. We thank You for this great country, and thank You for the opportunities that it, it allows us, Lord, as free citizens, God, and as, as Christians to be able to come to a place like this and worship You, Lord, without fear. Uh, and I thank You, God, that Lord, help us to be mindful of just really how good we have it here and that we would not take it for granted and that we would not become sluggish and that we would not retreat. But, Father God, that we would, with full force, understand that you brought us here so that we, you, we, we are here now so that we could experience, Lord, all the fullness of what that means for us, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you now, God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, to be upon your people tonight. Lord, we, we want to be changed tonight. We want to know you more. Lord, we're hungry for your word. We're hungry for your truth in our lives. So we open up ourselves. We yield our hearts and minds and our lives to you tonight. Father, whatever corrections you need to make in us tonight, make those corrections. Lord, Whatever, whatever things we need to learn, help us to learn those things. Whatever wisdom we need to have, Lord, we, we, we say yes to your wisdom, Lord. Thank you, God, right now for being a very present, Help in time of need. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, uh, just to give you a little review of last last Wednesday, I was talking. Of, started off talking about our God of abundance and why it's important that we that we know Him in that way. We know Him in a lot of ways. We we know that Jesus is Lord. We know that Jesus is our Savior. Right? He is the King. He's the He's the King of Kings and He's the Lord of Lords and God is a God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We know a lot of things about him. We know him as our healer, right? Yeah. Wait, is this on? We know him as our healer, right? He is the yeah. God who heals yeah. us. And, but one of the things and I found over, th- through, throughout, really, most of my Christianity is that, that when it comes to prosperity and it comes to enjoying the abundance of, of natural, material things, people get real weird about it. And there's a lot of weird ideas about it, a lot of bad ideas about it. Yeah. And so I, I'm just determined to help us all. Let's see what the Scripture says. Yeah. Huh? Amen. Let's just see what the Bible says Amen. and open up our lives yeah. uh, to, to its truth and receive from that. Because that's where yeah. we found all the other good stuff about God, right? Yeah. That's a, the, yeah. So he, the first mention, and we're talking about this God of abundance, which his name shows up in this way. In Genesis chapter 17, it's the first time God, and God says this to Abram, I am almighty God. Well, in the Hebrew, it is El Shaddai. I am El Shaddai. That's the first mention of this name. Well, Ab- and, and then he says, right following that, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. I have made you a father of many nations. And so, I mean, Abraham's Abram's world is just opened up to this new understanding, a new facet, a new characteristic of God that he had not known before. It's just powerful. So God reveals him and says, I am the God who has the power to bless you. I am the God who is the all-sufficient sustainer of your life. In me, you'll find supply, sustenance. In me, you'll find nourishment. In me, you'll find protection. I am all of that. And I'm going to show you that my, my power to bless you is able to exceed natural law. Because Abraham was 99 years old. Natural law says a 99-year-old man and an 89-year-old woman don't start a family, right? But God showed him I'm El Shaddai and I have the power to supersede that natural law. But you need to believe that about me. And so what happened was God shows up with this new name, not to him, but to Abram. And then by the end of that chapter, he had given Abram a new name and Sarah. Now Abraham and Sarah and so he wanted Abram to begin to talk a different way. Abram meaning father or exalted father to Abraham meaning father of multiple nations or, or actually Romans 4 sums it up to father of the world. All right? So that Abraham would see himself in, blessed in such a way that only God could do it. Right? That only God could do this. So he got his name in his mouth and began to say that. He began to glorify God. The scripture says that he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. That is, in other words, he started saying what God said, right? Right. Despite what his body was telling him. Against all hope, in hope, believed anyway. Didn't even consider his old body. Didn't consider his wife's old body. He just simply believed God. He was fully persuaded that God was able to perform that which he promised. And so we know what happened. He got exactly what he believed, right? And... Now we are all children of Abraham. So, so we talked about that, and we talked about how God, that name Almighty God, stayed with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when God appeared to Moses in Exodus chapter 6, he says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, or as El Shaddai, but I did, they did not know me as Lord. My name Lord was not known to them. So he was telling... Moses, that they're about to go into a new era, a new dispensation, and this would be the dispensation of the law, the old covenant, where because there was a law, then there had to be a Lord over that law who would, who would make sure that that law was followed by, followed strictly too. And then we talked about the law of love. How we say Jesus is Lord, not, not of the law of the Ten Commandments, because he fulfilled that, but he is the Lord of the law of love. Because the scripture says that all scripture is fulfilled in this one, this one law, the law of Christ, that is, love your neighbor as yourself, all right? He's the Lord of that law. He's the Lord of our hearts. He's the Lord of all. So, now that we, we, we understand now, okay, that, that happened for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, well, what does that mean for us? Well, Galatians 3 then, let's bring up Galatians 3, Isaac, Alex. Got Abraham and his family on my brain. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? It was the curse. The curse was if you didn't cross every T and you didn't dot every I, then you would incur the curse. That is, if you didn't do everything exactly right, it was going to go really bad for you. And Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. And part of that curse of the law was also was that nobody could keep it. God gave them these commands and no one was able to bear. Peter later said that. How, why are we going to try to burden the Gentiles when we and our forefathers couldn't even keep this law? Why would we try to force this on them too? Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. But this And, and that, Jesus did that. He became a curse for this reason. All right? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon who? Why don't you just say me? Because that's who that is. Any Gentiles here today? Okay. That the blessing of Abraham, what blessing? That blessing that El Shaddai brought, that God Almighty brought. That's why this is so pertinent for us today, because whatever Abraham got, so do we. All right? Upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now back up to to verse 9. Uh, Of Galatians 3, Alex. So then those who are of faith, anybody of faith here tonight? Are blessed with believing Abraham. Understand this is not just Abraham, but believing Abraham, one who is active in his faith. So in order for us to experience and know that blessing, we are going to have that same characteristic, that same thing that our father Abraham had, and that was a believing, believing we believe and therefore we speak. So God wants to get these things to us. He, he wants to show himself strong on our behalf. He wants to, uh, to, for us to experience the beauty and the reality and the power of his promises. All we need to do, all he needs from us is for us to b- believe it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so, now, are you guys ready to get into some new things tonight? Yeah. Amen. This, did this thing go off again? Okay. Let's jump over to, um, oh, let's go to Ephesians 2 for just a moment. <clears throat> I want to I set the stage for where we're going in this, in this second part. Ephesians chapter 2, <clears throat> we're going to start in verse 4. It says, but God who is rich in mercy, I love that, because of his great love with which he loved us, Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So God already did it, and then the moment you believe it, then you received its power. All right, it's already done. By grace, you have been saved. He made us alive in Christ while we were dead in trespasses. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Do you understand how the story is already complete in God's eyes? He already raised you up. He made you alive. Then he raised you up and he seated you in heaven. He already put, you, put your place there. Yeah. And when you believe it, then that's when it becomes your reality. But that's already his reality. <laughs> that's why it's, it's erroneous to think that God is looking at all the sin in the world. He's looking at a reconciled world. How many times do we have to say this? How many times do we have to keep going back to the scriptures? It says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them. When Jesus said it is finished, that meant all of the payment, the sin, all of that stuff was done. It was over. Sin and its consequence of death. It was over. And what's sad to me he said, but God gave us the choice to receive that for ourselves. He did everything that was necessary for us to have this glorious salvation and everlasting life. But there are our people who will reject it. Right. Just the same. And they have that right. They have that choice. Right? Raise That in the ages to come, now watch this, he might show the exceeding riches, say exceeding riches, of what? Of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That he might show to us the exceeding riches of his grace. I like this word "exceeding" here. Um, it's it's the word hyperbola, h y p e r b o l l a, and it means and it means hyperthrust. That's what it means, or abundant thrust. Well, I guess that's where we get the term hyperthrust. So. He's got this over and above abundant thrust of grace. Now, that's why I'm happily say I'm a hyper grace preacher because it's actually biblical. It's actually biblical. If you look through the words exceeding uh, abundantly and all those kinds of things, you'll find a lot of times uh, hyper or hyperbole or hyperbola or hyper, 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 hyper. A lot of it's attached to grace and mercy and love. Isn't that interesting? And then Paul said that the law, through the law, I became exceedingly sinful. In other words, I was a hyper sinner and God brought hyper grace. And now I am hyper in him. Huh? Huh? Hyper-grace, that's actually biblical grace. So don't let these dumb, legalistic, religious idiots tell you any different. All right. Sorry, we should just pray for them. They're our brothers, I think. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, let's go over there. Ephesians chapter 3. Oh, hallelujah. I like hyper-grace. I thank God for hyper grace. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, hyper, abundantly, over and above, above is also hyper, hyper, abundantly, hyper. Wow. All, come on, shout all. All That's not a, there's one. I heard a shout, one shout back there. Thank you, Landon. I appreciate that. Come on, let's shout all. All right. All that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now I want you to understand something. Tonight, you might need to write this down or uh, so that you will come back to this and remember this over and over again that anytime that you see in the scriptures that God is able, you must also believe and connect that thought with then God is willing. Get ready. If God is able, then he is willing. Yeah, amen. Okay. Got some of you with me there. Able. I love this word for able. To be able, to have power, whether by virtue of one's own ability and resources, or of a state of mind, watch, or through favorable circumstances, or by permission of law or custom. Now... What good does it do us if we only know that God is able, but we don't know that He's willing? What 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 really does that accomplish? I don't think anybody here, I mean, that's really just half the story. If I told all of you tonight that right after the service, if you'll meet me over here at the house, bless you, I will give each and every one of you $1 million. Now, you're laughing, and I think everybody's probably laughing on the inside at least. Thank you for not laughing terribly loud over that. But you would probably think, "Oh, okay, quite cool, uh, I doubt that's true. Because many of you who know me, Know that I that I'm not a millionaire, so where's this money going to come from? So there are these doubts are going to arise. You know, uh, you, I don't think you'd doubt my intention because if I had it, I'd have to ask Heather. But then I'd like to, you know, bless each and every one of you with it. But but here's the thing: it's not my intention. You would doubt, it would be actually my ability to do it, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, if Warren Buffett was here tonight. It'd be a different story, wouldn't it? Because you know he is very capable. And then if you found out if he was willing to give each and every, you're going to stay after church. I mean, you are going to stay. That hamburger can wait. That basketball game can wait. You are going to stay. Why? Because you know that he is able. Okay. Now, I don't think anybody here tonight doubts God's ability. God's ability to bless you with abundance and and more than you could ask or think as we just saw that scripture. But the problem way too often comes in doubting his willingness to do it. And being unsure of his willingness to do it. I want to just, just say this with me tonight. Since God is able, God is willing. I believe that Almighty God, El Shaddai, has the ability to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. I also believe that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. Wow. Hyperabundantly hyper. Listen to the amplified version of Ephesians three. Now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly Far over and above all that we dare, ah, there we go. At least some people that are daring. Hmm? Dare, ask, or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. What a marvelous verse of Scripture. So he can and he will. Think about this for a moment. Why would he tell us he can if he wasn't willing? Just to, just to show us the stark contrast between his ability and our ability? I am able to do exceedingly abundantly. What can you do, dummy? Right? What, what's the point of that? For him to just say, I can do that. Well, Great. but I need a little bit more than that to just know. If, if I have, if one of my children are sick, and I thank God that hardly ever happens, and I have medication that will help them, I have it, and I know that this medication will help, it'll help cure that cold that they've got. But if I'm not willing to administer to that, that to them, how am I helping them? Matter of fact, you might think that I'm a jerk of a dad to be able to help them, but not be willing to help them. Huh? But see, the problem problem is, is that experience many times contradicts what God has said. And if you're not careful, you'll start looking at what God has said in the light of your experience rather than your experience in the light of what God has said. See, it has to be the highest thing. His Word has to be the highest thing. Otherwise, we'll start making things up. Well, I guess God knows better. Well, God must know more than I thought. I mean, after all, His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Well, it must not have been God's will. Everything happens for a reason, you know. Right and just reason ourselves right out of what God wants to do if we are just simply willing to believe that not only can he, but he will. Yeah. Huh? I, I don't know about you, but I'm real tired of all that religious talk. I'm tired of people making excuses for reasons why they're not experiencing the life that God came to give us. I'm so sick and tired of seeing people dying and getting sick and broke. I'm sick of marriages falling apart and us, us all said, well, he's sovereign God. After all, he knows all. And nobody's experiencing, come, I'm not saying you. I'm talking about everybody that doesn't go to this church. That, I I'm just kidding. Experiencing the real power of what God came to give us, the real power essence and the strength and the reality of his word that's why i'm determined to see you living that life living in the realities of those promises not just looking at them going that's cool Hmm? but living it yeah i want to go to one last scripture Hebrews chapter 11, and verse 6. Verse 1 says, uh, what does it say? Now faith. Say now faith. now faith. Faith is only faith when it's now. Well, I used to believe that. Well, faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is now, hope is future. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance and faith is an evidence. Wow. Faith is, <clears throat> faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. You might want to write that down. Faith is the currency. You know, you can get whatever you want as long as you got enough money to get it. Right? If if money's not an issue, then you're you can go buy whatever. Faith is the currency in the kingdom of God. God that's it. And so, God, think about it, according to your faith, Jesus said, yeah. be it unto you. Yep. Yeah. That's why it's important that we, that we hear the word so that faith comes and that we grow our faith by speaking his word. Yeah. Faith is by releasing his, his word from our mouths, right? Faith comes by hearing, it's released by speaking. Yeah. All right? It's the confession of our faith. That's the action of faith. All right? Now, Hebrews 11:6 6, though, says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. How many of you think that faith is important? We should probably talk about faith a lot. A lot. If it's impossible to please him without it, yeah, we need to be talking about faith. Hmm? Because I want to please God. Anybody want to please God here? All right, well, he's pleased by faith. Outside of that, he's not pleased. He is not pleased by doubt. He does not, he doesn't like that. He doesn't appreciate that at all right? It's more than a, well, I know he can. No, he needs somebody to say I know he will. All right, Because watch. Because this is what he tells us about himself. He who comes to God must believe that he is. I like that. First of all, acknowledge that there is a God and if you believe that there is a God then you believe that there is someone who is capable. I mean, if he's God he can do anything, right? So first must believe that he's able. The able factor. That is that he is God and Hang on. And that he is a, in other words, that he is not only able, but he's willing. He is a rewarder to those who what? Diligently seeking. All right. This is is somebody who is not going to stop until they get what they've come for. Right? The diligent seeker. I'm not settling for my situation. I'm not backing down. I'm going to diligently seek him out until I get what he says I can have. Amen. All right? This is what God is looking for. This is the kind of walk, the kind of life that pleases God. We believe that it can, but we, also, we don't stop there. We also believe that He will. Yeah. All right? And we're willing to do whatever it takes for however long until we see it. The word seek means to seek out, to search for, to investigate, to scrutinize, to seek out for oneself, to demand back, to require, to crave it, all right? Those who seek him out diligently, faith seeks him out. It investigates him. It scrutinizes him. And one of the things that God says, you want to know something about me? I'm also El Shaddai. I'm Savior. I'm Lord. I'm healer. I'm also the God who will bless you, has the power to bless you abundantly, exceedingly abundantly. So we seek him out in that way. All right, abundant God, then I want to see that in my life. I want that in my life. So we search the scriptures and we start seeking him out all these places where he has shown us over and over again because God's word has shown that it's tested, tried, and proven. It's proven over and over again. You think about all, all right, for a moment, radio waves. How long have radio waves been around? They've been here all along, right? They were here when Adam and Eve were walking around the earth. Radio waves were here. They were here all along. Well nobody found? Nobody nobody knew. But somebody found them. We didn't invent them. They've been here since the beginning of the Earth. Somebody had to seek them out. Somebody had to investigate. Ah, oh, oil. How long has oil been here? You couldn't have got to church tonight if it wasn't for oil. Right? How long has that been? God put it there so somebody would seek it out. It's been there all along. He's been El Shaddai all along. A God with more than enough. A God of abundance all along. But somebody's going to have to seek Him out in this way. Diligently seeking Him. And not getting satisfied with where you are. But always understanding there's more to Him than meets the eye. Why did God put flowers on mountaintops? Ever think about that? So that somebody would go there. Somebody would seek the summit. Marvelous. All these things have been here all this time, and somebody found them because they diligently sought them out. All right? So we see that just in nature itself. And, and God has shown his characteristic, his nature in nature itself so that we can know him even in those things. If we'll seek him, we will find him. If we'll knock, the door will be open. And if we ask, we will receive. Yeah. Does this help you tonight? Does this encourage you? Yeah. Now, we're still just basically scratching the surface of this, of this entire teaching. There's so much to get into. But I want to encourage you, be a diligent seeker. All right, believe that God is abundant for you. He is a God of abundance. And not only can he do it, but he certainly will do it for you. Hmm? Will you seek him out in this? Will you say, God, that's what I want? I'm gonna, I'm going I'm going after it. You said I can have it, I'm going after it. I received that. Just like I would re- I received my salvation. Think about how abundant your sins were, and yet he forgave all of them just like that. Huh? Thank you, Lord. Let's just stand. Let's stand together for a moment, if we could. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord right now, Father. We bless you. We thank you that you so love us that you have, as your Scripture says, you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. So, Lord, tonight we set our our hearts, our minds, and our lives, our mouths, Lord, in the direction. To seek out our God of abundance. To receive you not only as God, but as a rewarder in our lives. One who is not only able, but willing. So Father, I thank you right now for meeting your people where they are. As they seek you, Lord, they'll find you. They'll find you. As they search out your promises, they'll find them to be true. And they'll live in those promises, Father. I thank you, Lord, for people who are, who are a shining example of those who know El Shaddai. Those who experience that blessing that supersedes natural law. Hallelujah. Who has all the power to bless us even right now in our situation where we are right now. Thank you, Father God. Lord, there are some who really need it tonight. There are some who are are in debt, Lord. There are some who are struggling financially. Lord, I just thank you right now for just a renewed hope in them that they will have that bulldog faith, that never-quit faith tonight. Lord, they'll be invigorated, Lord, with faith tonight in Jesus' name, Lord, energized in it. Hallelujah. And, Lord, in the days ahead as they walk, they walk by faith. They walk to please God. They expect God. They expect you, God, to to show them your abundant ways, your exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. In the name of Jesus, I just declare that barriers are broken down in Jesus' name. Hindrances. Yeah are crushed to the ground in Jesus' name. Right. Everything that has, that has tried to stop them and keep yeah. them from moving forward no longer has power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Right. I think that the devil is defeated yeah. and all of his lies are crumbling to the ground. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Yeah. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, they condemn it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for a people who know their God, who are strong yeah. and do exploits yeah. in the earth. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, God, that the blessing of Abraham is upon us today because Jesus Christ became a curse just like he became sin and we became righteousness. He became wounded and we became healed. He became poor and we became rich. He became the son of man so that we could become sons of God. So he also became a curse and we became blessed. And we thank you now for that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.